and it is 12 minutes past 10, and that means it's time to say hello to Steve Vines, who's waiting in anticipation. Morning, Steve. And, and saying hello. How are you? I'm not too bad, you know, all things considered. Yeah. The pills are wonderful. They are indeed. Right, <laughs> um, flip the coin, take it where you will. So... Um, as as even the listener will know, yes. because the listener is 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 very keen on following the news. There's been this furore this week yeah. over the Sino, the chief executive in name only, somebody called Carrie something or other, um, saying that there not only is there no such thing as separation of powers in Hong Kong, or in the Hong Kong SAR, but there never has been. So. You know, this was news to everyone, except, of course, for the quivlings who went, separation of powers, separation of powers, never heard of it, never heard of it, didn't like it. But, you know, the quizlings will always clerk at on order. However, what I thought was rather even more worrying, and gosh, that needs to be pretty worrying to make it even more worrying, Extra. was what she also said in that statement. And, and um, I, I'll just read it out. She said, Hong Kong is directly governed by the central people's government. In other words, the high degree of autonomy enjoyed by Hong Kong is not full autonomy. I don't think you're the surprising us so far. No, Look around, listeners, anybody pulling a face? No. No, but let, let me just read the whole thing. <laughs> the on. executive power, legislative power and judicial power are not a constitutional system mm. that separates power from the central government. The rights that Hong Kong enjoys come from the authorization of the central government. Now, as you rightly says, this isn't breaking news. <laughs> this isn't up there on the par with the revelation that the Pope is a Catholic. But what it does is it removes the mask. You know, we've had the pretense that Hong Kong did enjoy the promised high degree of autonomy, even though people have been arrested for saying they believe in Hong Kong's high degree of autonomy. But we had the pretense that such a thing existed. Okay. When the mask slips and it becomes a matter of explicitly saying that there cannot be any such thing as a high degree of autonomy, you know where we are. We are very, very close to the end game. And if you want to know what the end game is, um, I, I, I'll quote something else to you. This is what Xi Jinping, sorry, Xi Jinping, the president of China, said about separation of powers. He said, we must never follow the path of Western constitutionalism, separation of powers or judicial independence. Of course, it's the last one that's really sending the bejesus up people's uh, spines. Yeah. Because judicial independence, we hear by the day, Hong Kong's rule of law, blah, 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 is not going to be undermined. But she just says, I don't believe in it. Do not believe in it. Can't be having it. And then they go, yeah, but 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 that's only on the mainland, except for the fact that we've now heard in in so many words, not not in anything but so many words from the chief executive, the Sino herself, that there is no longer such a thing as high degree of autonomy. Well, if you haven't got high degree of autonomy, everything flows from that. And we are now where we all assumed we were, yeah. but, but we realised that they were showing sufficient embarrassment about having got to the final destination by avoiding mentioning it. That's over. That part is over. You know, the people have left the room. 
the, the scattered remnants of cigarette butts and, and used uh, beer cans are all over the floor. It's, it, that's where we got to. Mm. So this came out of nowhere, apparently. An innocuous speech turned into <coughs> something big. And I think people could be uh, not blamed for saying, why is this, why is this technicality or whatever you want to call it suddenly headline news steve can you just well, give us an abc on that one what, okay, what's happened if you like so what, what specifically happened was that the separation of powers was deemed to be taken out out of school textbooks remember okay. there's a purge of school okay. textbooks going on at the moment purge of library books purge of this purge of that purge of the other fabulous if you like a purge come to hong kong hong kong's world purging city but, but I mean, what really this is, is, is the um, rolling out of all of the consequences of the national security law. Once the law was in place and emboldened the people who, who've never seen a flicker of liberty that they don't want to extinguish, once the law was in place, the government obviously felt that, you know, oh, putting the law in place, that's very jolly, but now we've got to put a bit of flesh on it. And by the day, we see what that flesh is. Yeah. An arrest here, a ban of a slogan there, uh, a re-indoctrination uh, course for teachers elsewhere, loyalty pledges for civil servants elsewhere. I mean, you know, you roll out the whole penalty or whatever that word is of, of a police state, and then you say, I think we time has come for us just to make sure in case anybody's missed the plot, that, that, that it is what it says on the tin. We don't have any autonomy anymore in Hong Kong. It is a police state. You know, it's important that all these things should be put on the record because the people in Hong Kong, as Carrie Lam keeps reminding us, just don't understand. Apparently, Hong Kong people are really mega stupid. They just don't understand. So it has to be spelled out for them. There is your overture. Love to hear from you. We are on Facebook Live, Morning Brewers, our page. I've got two emails. They both look really yeah. good and they're slightly different topics. So do you mind? Yeah, that's um, well. OK, let's do the shorter one first. This is from Steve. He said, one for Steve. Uh, if you get on the subject following on from Backtat this morning, Hung Wing and Tat on the show this morning claimed that 70% of taxi driver licenses are owned by individuals, contrary to the claim that up to 90% are owned by a few individuals operating as an oligopoly. Does Steve know which is more accurate, this being related to the vested interests of the oligopoly who are alleged allegedly connected within the government and keeping Uber, that's the big topic, out of the market? So... Uh, I'll Actually, I think this is a very interesting topic because it goes to this whole uh, nexus of spoken and unspoken monopolies that effectively control the Hong Kong economy. You know, the, the gas station monopoly, the supermarket monopoly, the power supply monopoly, all of these things which make Hong Kong prices among the highest in the world. Now, in the case of taxes, I don't have enough information to know which figures are correct. But I do know that we're dealing with congenital liars so that they will not miss a chance to miss a chance to misinterpret the interpretation. So what they qualify as self-owned taxes could be taxes owned by just uh, uh, one taxi owned by somebody else. Right. But that somebody else may well be in a consortium that owns other taxes. Mm -hmm. So the net result is that the number of genuinely independent taxi drivers in Hong Kong, by which I mean
people own their own vehicles one person and why? take all the profit from those yeah. vehicles is nothing like the figure that they claim. And I mean, everybody who's in the taxi trade knows this. But you know, we, we, we've now got a government that, that doesn't bat an eyelid. It will tell porkies and go, hey, well, I'm entitled to tell those. That's all right. We've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. All right, Steve, hope that helps. I'm pretty sure he answered your question. Nigel's just popped up on our Facebook feed. I'll get to you in a second. Thanks very much for writing. This is from David. This is an email. Still got the email. Morningbrew at rthk.hk. Steve, he says, yes. two points. Only good thing it is, too. Yeah, I know. And facts. And telex, even. Um, Steve says, uh, sorry, David says, COVID-19 testing. Surely head of the uh, exercise, Patrick Nitt, will now be known as Cotton Buds because he gets up everybody's nose. Uh, 900,000 signed up as of... Uh, out of 6.5 mil big success question mark david says i don't think so useful exercise maybe uh, is it mandatory for prisoners says david good question some chinese companies are forcing hong kong employees to sign up question mark strong arm tactics question mark and the other one's just a fun one so i'll pop that in before you answer steve second point kevin young secretary for the uneducated is obviously very upset at not being on the u.s sanctions list deemed not important and is desperate to get on the next list rewriting everything there is expression there is the expression that dumber than dumb that comes from david so let's get back to the fudged up He's, he's, he's the Corporal Jones of the Hong Kong government, you know. <laughs> but he's more than that because he's set anyone, a massive domino effect is, going. He's <laughs> as great a fan of Dad's army as yeah. I am. Um, but anyway, yes. Um, <coughs> incidentally, the figure of, of um, sign-ups keeps yep. changing. I mean, yesterday it was um, seven, uh, 798,000. Uh, I, I hadn't actually heard that figure of 900,000, but that may be true. But the fact of the matter is that, that the universal um, testing system couldn't, can't possibly be universal with less than a quarter of the population taking part in it. What about our prisoners meant to do it, made to do it? I've never thought of that. Don't know. Very good question. But I do know, and this is really interesting, is that the World Health Organization, you know, that body that's under firm control of uh, people across the border, with a with a very um <clears throat> how can i say obliging person running it obliging from peking's point of view they've said in their view that not specifically about hong kong that universal testing is a waste of resources it's a waste of resources first of all because it costs so much money mm-hmm. and it fails to do the job in areas where it needs to be te- done and the job needs to be done where there's a proven outbreak of infection where there are people in vulnerable jobs, where they're likely to uh, be contaminated by this virus. That's the sort of place where you want to do testing. The problem with universal testing is exactly what we see in Hong Kong, is it's not universal. Most people will not sign up for it. Not for medical reasons either. Well, do you agree with that? Well, some of it's medical. This is their medical view. We'll come on to the politics of it, which are really interesting. But from a medical point of view, of course, the whole problem with this is, okay, go out and test as many people as you like. And that test is absolutely wonderful for the day when the test took place. Yeah, lots of saying that. Doesn't tell you anything about tomorrow or next week. And that system only works if you keep doing it. Do it every week. Well, that's clearly not going to happen. First of all, it's vastly too expensive. And secondly, it's a phenomenal waste of resources. So why are they doing it? Oh, God, why are they doing it? 
because they can. Because some idiot in the administration said, we, people keep criticizing us for not doing enough. Let's go and do something really big. This is really big and really stupid. I mean, I understand that people have much more profound concerns over this. The idea of a widespread system which effectively collects the DNA of Hong Kong citizens and ships it across the border for storage. That's worrying to people here. It yep. really is. Because mm. if you go into the black hole of the system on the mainland and whatever the guarantees which have been sort of given by the government that this DNA will not be used for other purposes, you honestly don't know. You mm -hmm. really don't know. Well, Rick joins us on Facebook Live, and Rick just says, why would any sane person subject themselves to a test that, as you say, is meaningless 12 hours later? Uh, because they can. Well, Rick's right. I mean, exactly. I mean, the, the point about these tests are that they, if they're to be effective, they, needed to be, they need to be targeted and they need to be repeated. You know, in, in my other life, I work in the catering industry where there is a separate scheme for testing. I actually think that there's a good case for testing people in the catering industry because it's an industry sure. with a lot of face-to-face -face contact with customers. And we, as people in that industry, need to tell the public that our staff are safe. So I don't object to that. In fact, I've participated in that scheme. But universal testing... All right, here's, here's Terry who joins us, and he, he says, I've just been in hospital. Holy, I heard that. <laughs> Terry says, I've been in hospital. I had to do a test every seven days whilst I was admitted to hospital, so they acknowledged it's only <coughs> useful for a short period. Can't be admitted without the test results coming in within 24 hours. All right, Terry, thank you. Well, well ain't, that, ain't, that the, ain't that the truth? I mean, in hospital, you are obviously vulnerable because guess what? There's a lot of ill people in there. That's what it says on the tin. Mm. But, but, but as he says, you know, you have to keep doing it, otherwise there's no point in it. The fact that somebody was, was virus-free on the 3rd or 4th of September yeah. tells you they were virus-free on the 3rd or 4th of September. It tells you nothing else whatsoever. All right, then, before we go to the news, once more, join us on Facebook Live. I can see my emails today. Whoa. So uh, drop us a line, morningbrew at rthk.hk. So there's an article that Nigel has shared with us. I can't, unfortunately, click links where I am right now. Um, from EJ, it's talking about why the Hong Kong government has suddenly turned against hostile against Uber. Uh, and there's a reference in the article to say, it is reported that Maria Tam, currently a Hong Kong deputy, blah, 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 taxes, etc., etc. You know where that one's going. Well... It's not been reported. I don't think it's ever been denied that through her father, who was a very interesting uh, <clears throat> desk sergeant in, in, in the police force, who, who seemed to have enormous resources somewhat beyond that of a desk sergeant in the police force, through her father, she, she has acquired a great clutch of um, taxi licenses. Whether she still has them today, I don't know. Whether she had them before, that's a matter of fact. There's, that's not denied. Mm. And she's a very influential person within the Hong Kong establishment. Whether she's driving this, I rather doubt. But, hey, so she's there. Both of these topics have been floating in the ether for ages. It's not the first time any of us have heard of this one. Um, you could, how do I put it? There, there, there could be good reason, there is good reason, for various interests not to want Uber here. 
Well, I think it goes to the the whole question of whether Hong Kong really wants competition. I'm not a particular fan of Uber, but I am a fan of competition. I am a fan of of giving people the right to operate to competitive choose. services to choose, which has a which has the dual effect of bringing prices down and bringing quality up. If you've ever been in a system, and those of us who live in Sai Kung can, can give you eloquent testimony to this, where you have no choice, the consequences are very clear. We have no choice in terms of um, telephone service provider. Mm-hmm. We can have Hong Kong Telecom or Hong Kong Telecom or possibly Hong Kong or Telecom. electric, wherever you are, and all of the above, really. Yeah. All of the above, but it specifically means that when it comes to broadband, the capacity of the service offered to people like me, who who have to rely on one supplier and not another, is infinitely inferior to the areas where there is alternatives. It's as simple as that. So, you know, in the taxi system, there is, as it so happens, I don't think the taxi network in Hong Kong is particularly bad. But what I do think is that there is a space for upgrading it. And... You won't have it if you don't have competition. All right, Steve, sit tight for a minute. We're going to go to the news. I'm going to hit the weather. As always, you won't be able to hear the news broadcast if you are with us on Facebook Live. I'll play you something instead. You could always go on to good old Steam Radio. Okay, still with Steve Vines, of course. 29 minutes to... 11 o'clock, let's uh, refer to our Facebook feed this morning. Mike, good morning. Good morning. He says, Steve, it's even worse than you say. I had to be tested, and the only thing the result proved was that I wasn't positive when I took my sample. I could have been infected whilst travelling to the sample drop-off centre. Pedantic, but extremely true. Well, but but he raises a wider point. Remember the reason, and uh, gosh, you don't need a very long memory to remember this, the reason why it was deemed absolutely necessary in the interests of fighting the coronavirus Mm -hmm. to cancel the elections, because large numbers of people would gather in places like schools and what have you that were pressed into service as being polling stations and therefore present a health risk. So now what's happening is entirely different. Large numbers of people are gathering in places like schools to be tested for the virus that apparently couldn't um, couldn't um, resist the law of an election, but but those same people in those same precise locations in those same precise queues yeah. apparently are doing it entirely safely. I know. Once ag- and once again, Steve, you know, you join the queue of people saying this, but you just do it with such style. Hey, I've got one here. I've got one here from Dave who says, I like the Blue Peter music. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of dubstep thing that a, a buddy of mine did. Um, a top Hong Kong talent, and he'll tell me off if I mention his name, but I'm always going to play that when it comes to news time. Dave says, have you noticed Carrie comes out on the little missions on the television, except mar- example masks, things we already know, but on the big missions, she doesn't tell us or she disappears. I haven't noticed because I haven't got a TV. Well, no, it, it, it is quite interesting. I mean, her main, um, subs- not her main, her substantive um, interviews now are only given to state television or, or mainland-based television. So the last interview that she gave, which was last week, went to Phoenix TV. I mean, she won't talk to 
people like RTHK and what have you. But she will appear on mainland um, stations. Incidentally, that that interview um, with, you know, fiercely um, independent questioning from, from the presenter was the interview in which she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just an administrator. I can't really do politics. Well, was that her admitting that she really has to go? I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is quite right. She she doesn't now make any substantive contribution to government policy. You don't hear her talking about things which really worry people, the enormous loss of jobs, the enormous loss of income, and the worries. These are, these are real day-to-day government things. These, that, are, these, are, these are not contentious things, are she they? She, but what she will come out and do is criticise people who are critics. So in the case of questioning of the universal testing system, she immediately comes out and goes, these people are motivated by a hatred of the mainland, a hatred of the government. She, I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary. She says they're politicising the issue by, oh, that's right, politicising the issue. (laughs) She won't deal with their substantive claims about the dangers and the waste of resources in testing. Oh, no, no, no. All she will talk about is the fact that, according to her, these people are politically motivated. Well, let's be upfront about this. Of course there is a political consideration. Does she not understand what politics is? Politics is about the allocation of resources, is about how people think about society. That's actually what politics is. It's not about political parties, but hey, I'm not... Uh, born on this earth to give her an education in what politics is. But the fact of the matter is that because of politics, people have such a deep distrust of the government. Because of politics, there is no confidence that when you give a sample of your DNA through saliva, it won't be used for purposes other than the stated purpose. And because of the miserable, abysmal record of this government in practically every sphere, People just don't think they're competent in doing the job. They ain't up to the job. So, yes, it is political. She's quite right. Trouble is, she's not addressing the problem. She's just addressing the critics, which is... <laughs> it's quite interesting, Steve, because there was a really, there's a really nasty picture going around yesterday. A, a, a guy got stabbed, you saw, in, by an ATM machine in the, in the MTR, etc., etc. Yeah. And people were saying, well, look, where's the bobbies on the beat when you need them and that kind of thing. But the bigger point here is people are saying that normal, <coughs> normal crime and normal problems are going by the wayside. Now, do you think that's fair? Do you think if you're listening or watching us, do you I, think I, that's, that's a fair I don't assumption? Know. I mean, you've, you've got policemen owning more overtime than most people have had hot cups of tea. So they're certainly working very long hours and and raking it in. Whether this has led to a proliferation of crime, which incidentally is what the police themselves claim. The normal stuff, if there is such a word. Do you know what I'm saying? They claim that. They say, oh, it's all to do with the protests, nothing to do with policing. That's weird. I always thought policing was the responsibility of the police, but hey, what do I know? But it, it is themselves who are issuing this claim that because of the uh, civil unrest and the political turmoil in Hong Kong, ordinary criminal activity has been allowed to increase. Mm. So I would say to any police official who says that, well, isn't it about time you got onto the job? You've got one of the biggest police forces per capita on the planet. Time for those people to be deployed doing the job. 
The job is to protect citizens from crime. So I'm talking about the day-to-day -day safety thing, as you fully understand. You fully understand, yeah. And so um, if I walk down the street, should I be able to... I'm not into a protest or this, that and the other, right? Should I be able to hold my head up and say, I feel safe? I hope so. I really do, because this is the history of, of Hong Kong. It is. Is that walking down the street has not been a dangerous enterprise in Hong Kong. Sitting in your home... Um, with fear of people bursting through the door and, you know, robbing you and doing all sorts of other things, terrible things, which is commonplace in some places, is not commonplace in Hong Kong. Mm. So, you know, with a very large police force, a very, very well-equipped police force, the time has come to address crime. I know it's an innovative idea, but I'm suggesting it. Right, let's move on. We've got well, a few more minutes left, Steve. All yours. What do you want to wrap up with? I, I have to say that, that in, amidst, in amongst all of this, there's two things that have struck me. Um, one is this ridiculous, bonkers row that's going on over at Hong Kong U mm. over a, a, a satirical video <laughs> that the Students' Union put out, um, not welcoming um, mainland uh, students, apparently. It's a satirical video. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm. Don't get excited. <laughs> Satire is not something to get excited about. I'd I just say that. I mean, whether it's appropriate or inappropriate, I really don't know. What I do know is that many more hundreds of thousands of people have now viewed this video. Yes, because well, they're not the, silly, are they, the producers? People popping up and down in protest against it. If you want, you know, it's what they always say. If you want to sell a book, try and get it banned. Otherwise, yeah. pop, know, pop it out there. Let everybody yeah. see it and then offer an apology. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not rocket surgery, is it? <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know whether an apology is in order or not, but I do know that it wouldn't have been big news were it not for the efforts to make it big news by the people who got upset by etc. etc. Yeah. And the other thing that's amused me, and this is genuinely amusement, is um, in the middle of the trade war between um, China and the United States, one of the one one of the main reasons why exports well not mainly the main reason but one of the reasons why exports have actually gone up from China to the United States in recent months is because the Trump campaign is getting all its badges and what have you made in China. Gosh, <laughs> there was even a bloke um, uh, who was I think this was in the New York Times or. Anyway, I'm sorry. I apologise if I've got the wrong paper. Uh, who was at one of these factories? Who said, "Oh yes, we're in pole position to know who's going to win the election because we've had far less orders from Joe Biden's Democrats than we have from the Republicans." So we assume that because they need more badges and posters and what have you, that they're going to win the election. <laughs> well, you may laugh. He <laughs> yeah, may, may be right. I don't know. All right. What, what is a factual fact is exports from China to the United States have burgeoned uh, upwards. Yeah, but the thing is, they've gone upwards. Who cares yeah. whether it's on the back of a joke or whatever? So, no, it's not just about that, obviously. I know, yeah. but these things, are, oh, our exports have gone up. Job done. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Can, can I just say, there may be some smirking going on in Beijing. What do I know? I think there will, maybe. Steve Vines, thank you very, very much, as always. Lovely to have a chat with you. He'll be back next Thursday at the same time. And thank you for your comments, both on email and on our Facebook feed.